Welcome to season six of the Self-Care 101 podcast hosted by life coach Pooja K. McClymont. This season is about awakening the leader within so that you can be empowered to create an extraordinary life. We'll be diving deep into self-awareness, compassion and resilience, covering a wide range of topics to help you expand your potential through powerful insights from ancient wisdom and modern psychology. I'm so grateful that you're listening and if you enjoy today's show, I'd love it if you would leave me a short review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. It really helps the show get discovered by others and helps me know that you like it too. Thank you so much for listening today. Now let's get to it. Hello, it's season six, episode one. How are you? For my longtime listener, hey friend, I have missed you. I am so sorry for falling off the radar, but I'll be sharing what's been happening over the past year today in the hope that you'll forgive me and continue in this journey of self-discovery together. For any new listeners, welcome. I am so happy to have you here. So today's episode covers a lot of topics, but mostly it's about awakening to a new dawn after a major life event, how to embrace your new normal, how to revise your priorities and values, and how to succumb to the flow of your life. So 2023 was a bit of a mad one for me. It began with feeling down in the dumps about life, mostly about my health and work. By February, I kind of decided that I just needed to take action towards my health with a lot less pressure to achieve my goals within a specific time frame. And for work, I needed to be open to the possibility of closing down the business. Now, I realized that I wasn't doing enough for myself, so I also decided to travel more in 2023. I wanted to do short trips with people I really enjoyed and have some much needed time with myself. Now, my biggest learning was that I had fallen into the unhelpful habit of doing what I wanted to do once XYZ had happened. So essentially putting off joy for much later. Now, this insight made me change the way I was thinking and I decided to embrace what was to come without attachment and pretty much let go of everything else in a bid to come back to my true self. On March 11th, I went on a day trip to Lisbon in Portugal, which was absolutely amazing. And on April 3rd, I found out that I was pregnant. So my 2023 essentially went like this. January, February, March, pregnant. Stress for the 12-week scan. Stress for the abnormality scan. Chill for a bit. Complications. Stress for the bi-weekly scans. An incorrect hospital admittance. Not being able to host my retreat in Italy. Being treated terribly by people. Losing thousands of pounds. Stress for the premature birth. Stress for the cesarean complications. Stress for the baby survival. Stress for baby leaving neonatal. Being a mum again in my 40s. Being in a family of four. Sleep deprivation. Loneliness. Christmas and New Year. It has been a lot. I've been all over the place emotionally, mentally, physically and spiritually. I have been so grateful for the blessing that is my thriving daughter. Her name is Shani. I've been so grateful for both our resilience and well-being. I've been so grateful for my incredible husband, my mum, my dad. I've loved seeing Micah, my now eight-year-old, besotted with his little sister and a wonderful support to me. 
At the same time, though, I've been worried about money, worried about my health, and honestly, just plain worried about how I'm going to navigate all of this. Now, it's only been three months. I have to keep reminding myself of that. But actually, it's been over a year since the fatigue of life basically started to permeate. Getting pregnant was the catalyst for the way that I've been feeling. And because of all the different stages I just mentioned, 2023 has pretty much been a major blur and equally a major year for me. So the baby was born in October and her due date was early December. Micah was also born two months premature, but as much as we thought it was going to be easier having a premature baby the second time around, it actually wasn't. It was really, really much, much harder. Now, I wrote a letter to my daughter the day before that she was due to be discharged from neonatal. And I want to share it with you today because we all have different experiences in our lives that have a major effect on how we choose to live beyond them. I want this episode to be a motivator if you're feeling as though a major life event has affected how you live, the way you live. I want you to know that it's not too late to change, to change whatever you want to change. I want you to know that whatever you've been through, you are not alone. And if you feel alone, I'm here. I'll be your friend. Because without each other, we just can't survive. We just cannot survive as human beings. We do need each other. And we all go through stuff. Now, through reflection and constantly choosing growth, your life will be extraordinary. You will love your life. We need some patience. We need some resilience. And above all, we need compassion for ourselves and other people. Now listen, I have been through my fair share of shit and I'm sure you have too. It doesn't matter what we've been through, simply that we both share in experiencing pain and that we want to thrive our way through life and not fall victim to our experiences. Look, if my tiny little humans can survive all by themselves before they've finished being created... Think how much you can still do if you can simply muster the energy and courage to take those first steps. Baby girl, you decided to come early, two months early. I don't know why I create tiny and strong babies, but what a pleasure it is to be your mama. (laughs) You're already showing me who you are. You're fierce, strong, resilient, confident, headstrong, funny, and I'm so unbelievably in love with you. Thank you for being healthy and making your way through neonatal with such ease. On Wednesday, 27th September, my consultant read my scans and confirmed that you were going to arrive much sooner than we had anticipated. My placenta was sending a very high blood flow to you and it was getting difficult for you to take in what you needed. We were told that you had to be scanned twice a week for two weeks. In that time, the scans looked good, except for one stat, and that was the one that meant you had to come out super early. I had a scan on the Friday, and the consultant on on duty wanted to admit me into hospital. They did, and all of Saturday, I was there waiting to hear when you'd be delivered. They administered the first dose of steroids, and my life flashed before my eyes. I wasn't ready. I knew you were coming early, but I wasn't ready for the same weekend. I was then discharged that evening because your scans were still not saying that you needed to be delivered 
there and then. And it's always better for babies to stay inside for as long as safely possible. I was relieved. (laughs) Then on Monday, I had another scan. Then another on Thursday with the head consultant for fetal growth restriction, where you showed growth. She said you look really tall. Your stats were looking great. She then scheduled another scan for the Monday with the lead sonographer. The appointment was at 8.30. I went on my own as daddy was dropping Micah to school. And as I walked into the room, I just knew that we'd hit the end of the road. As I was being scanned, I was watching the monitor. I knew what to look for. If there was a break in the blood flow from me to you, you'd be coming out. When I saw it, I said to the sonographer, that's it, isn't it? We're at the end of the road. She confirmed it and I just burst into tears. Of course I wanted to meet you, but having been on this journey before with Micah, nothing prepares you for how hard the road will be. And I was just so scared of every eventuality that we'd both have to face. I went upstairs to speak with a consultant and he confirmed that I needed to be admitted. I called daddy straight away and he came to be with me. We waited to hear more and then it was confirmed that you'd be delivered the next morning. My love, I'm so grateful that everything worked out well for both of us. I am so happy that you are strong and resilient. I'm so glad that you only needed to eat and grow. I'm so glad that we got through this together with the strength of a million stallions. How we did this, I probably never know. But I do know that it's the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life with both you and Micah. You two kids are beyond perfection. I'm in awe of your brilliance and strength. How could my tiny little birds be so strong? Thank God you were. In this trying year, I've learned more about myself and the life that I've been living. I want more, but not necessarily in the ways I thought I did. My priorities have changed and... I'm already seeing why this particular life event may have occurred so that I can actually make the right choices or the better choices to continue living my extraordinary life. Now, an extraordinary life simply means to feel truly content with who you are, how you show up in the world and the legacy that you leave behind, that you stop living your life based on the conditions and expectations put on you by society, media, your family, your friends, that you wake up happy every day to be alive, that you accept life with all of its highs and lows as just that, life, that you look to better yourself so that you get to experience all the joy and wonder that life has to offer you whilst inspiring others to do the same. One of the main priorities that have changed for me is with my relationships, my friendships mostly. So what made 2023 worse is that my friendships, they had changed so much since the pandemic that I didn't get the support that I wished I had had. Now, that's not all on them. I've played or should I say I've not played my part in our friendship. So I perhaps got what I deserved. It still hurts, though. And it has made me prioritise friendships this year because I miss them and I do value them. Now, I can already see a shift in my emotional state as a result of talking with friends on a weekly basis rather than just reclusing. Now, the way I feel in myself has also changed a lot because of this year. 
I've been feeling really disappointed in how I've treated my body these past 10 years. I'm upset that I haven't been consistent enough to achieve my health goals. I'm worried that I'm leaving myself open to struggle with my health if I don't take action. And even though I know it's only been three months since the baby was born and that hormones have been playing a role in my emotions, I've still managed to find a way to move myself through self-pity and into a more gentle mindset towards my health. So I've come to the conclusion to take things slowly and intentionally, and I'm going to do whatever it takes to move towards better physical health this year. That's essentially my major priority. Now, some of the things that I've been doing to move myself towards growth have been, I guess, sort of apparent to me because I've been living in basic survival mode since we found out that we were pregnant. Now, I've only done the absolute basics in my work, my personal life and everything else, to be honest. I haven't strived for anything big. I've simply survived and loved in the past year. Now, by stripping back my life to the bare essentials, I've actually been forced to slow right down and look at my life from the outside. Some of the questions that I've been asking myself include, what's been stopping me from becoming all that I want to be? Why am I doubting my capabilities? When did I fall into feeling like a victim? How will I take charge of my life again with this new dynamic? What will happen if I don't take control? What am I willing to let go of to realise my visions? And a whole lot more. (laughs) There has been a lot of self-questioning, but because of the new baby, I've had to get really serious about what I'm unhappy with in my life and how I want to live my life and to take action. Almost aggressive action, as if there's no other choice. Because honestly, right now, there kind of is no other choice. I know what life can look like if I don't do the work now and essentially that's not what I want for myself or my family. I want to live the version of myself that I see in my visions, the one that I know I am inside and the one that I know I'm totally capable of being if I can let go, succumb to the flow of my life a little more and put energy into the activities that will further my growth and my joy. Now, if you've experienced a major life event, either recently or in the past, I want to offer you five life event questions for reflection to get you moving towards the extraordinary life that you deserve to live. First one is, who am I now and who do I want to be? Two, what or who do I need to support this journey? Three, What am I willing to learn and willing to let go of? Four, what am I choosing to tolerate and what can I let go of? Five, how will I know that I'm moving closer to embodying my true self? About three weeks after Shani came home, my mum was around my house helping me with her and I had a little bit of a breakdown. I was totally exhausted. I was in pain. I didn't know how to be me in that moment. 
My mum actually empathised with me, which was very surprising, because <laughs> if you've been listening to this show, you'll know we have a bit of an up and down relationship. But in this moment, she totally empathised with me and with the kindest eyes simply said, you've been through a lot, Pooja. You haven't stopped since you found out about the complications. You had a major operation and then you were discharged within 24 hours of having the baby. You went to the hospital every day until Shining came home and were there all day. You've been going to appointments. You've been trying to rest, to look after yourself, Dwayne and Micah. You've been alone a lot. You've been expressing milk eight times a day, including at night, plus all the stress you've been carrying with you. You need rest. Now, what caused this meltdown was me not being able to, I guess, navigate this new dynamic of having a newborn and everything else that was going on in my life. So my mum then said, the way to navigate your new life is to realise that you're born again when you have a baby. Now, I know that this story may not resonate with everyone, but that line that my mum said about we can be born again, we can actually reframe that to say that after a major life event, we can be born again. We can start again because we're never starting from scratch. It's going to be easier because we know better. We've got experience. We know what we want more clearly and we know how we want to feel. Now, it can be easier if we want it to be easier. As I said, if my tiny little humans can survive all by themselves before they finish being created, think how much you can still do if you can muster the energy and courage to take those first steps towards creating your own extraordinary life. Thank you for listening to the Self Care 101 podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful for a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify. For more information, please visit PoojaMcClimont.com. Sending love and talk to you soon.